Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Roger. Is there anything that Lionel Messi is better than you at? It's opinion. I respect your opinion. Maybe in your opinion, Messi is better than me. But in my mind, I'm better than him. I do it again. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation for Rodri Giggs on football without Rodri Giggs. Uh, Rodri's away this week, but we do have uh, Mr. Rob Boyle's going to step in for the man himself. Uh, shortly, he will join us. So um, we're going to talk all things football, as always. But uh, if you don't know already, you can support the channel by joining at patreon.com slash Nation. You get loads of exclusive rewards um content discounts loads of different stuff price of price of a cup of coffee per month keeps the channel going allows us to book studios and everything goes back into the channel um to hopefully you know take us forward we've got some new content dropping soon we've got new series of my story drops on saturday lunchtime 
we have the big debate coming every week uh, on Tuesday, usually. Plus, we have Roger Gigs on Football Thursdays. And Sugar and Silk are live on Facebook Sunday, the best podcast, best boxing podcast in the game, not hosted by me, but by Mr. Ben Doherty. We've also got a short content series coming called Guess the Footballer, which will be uh, on like Facebook Shorts or YouTube Shorts or whatever, um, where you can test your football knowledge to guess the mystery footballer. Which uh, So look out for that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, let's do a little Super 6 update as we talk about testing your football knowledge. Let's have a look at how the Prediction League went this week. Raising money for charity, of course. Um, there's only a few rounds left. But before the season ends, Rodri has only gone and pulled one out of the bag. Managed to come joint top this week with David Leach. Uh, that means there's now only 20 points between myself and Rodri. I'm still in the lead, but it is getting closer. Three rounds left. Next round's three o'clock on Saturday. Make sure you get your predictions in and ready. Test your football knowledge against an array of ex-footballers and whatnot. Um, and people, myself, Rodri, whoever, test your knowledge, see what's what. But um, let's talk some football. And uh, let's see, I'm delighted to be joined by none other than Mr. Mr. Robert Boyle. How are you, my friend? You good? Yeah, sorry about the lateness, mate. How's it going? You good? All good, my friend. Uh, all good. How are you? You good? Yeah, not bad. Worn out, a bit of a mad rush in the end. Considering I thought I was going to be early and turned out to be late. So, uh, yeah, Thursday's a bit mental with football training, but all good, buddy. All good. You keeping well? Yeah, mate, it's all good. It's uh, Yeah, Thursday's always a bit mental for me. It's always the way. But there we go. Um, so, we're going to talk some football, mate. Lots to discuss, lots to chat about. I'll tell you what, like, first and foremost, let's change our little angle. That's a bit better. We can see ah, you closer. See that face. I need to move my seats. My green screen stops mysteriously appearing. Um, so, I just it's, it's impossible to know where to start, but I think what we'll do is we'll start with the Premier League and then we'll work our way to the Championship. Um, obviously, Rodgers is a United fan and they are having an almighty uh, wobble at the moment. Lost two on the bounce for the first time since the first two games of the season. Um, it's strange, isn't it, mate? Because from the World Cup until probably until Casemiro got suspended the first time, they looked like they might not quite put a title challenge in, but you know, be there or thereabouts, and sort of. Fought, and they were on a great run. They were scoring goals, playing good stuff, defending well. Where do you think it's all gone wrong from? Do you think it's as simple as Martinez is injured and he makes everything tick? Or do you think there's more to it? Um, yeah, I think the injuries and suspensions definitely don't help. But part of me wonders whether they've just been, well, one of a couple of things, whether they've run out of steam. Uh, they put so much emphasis on the return after the World Cup and maybe they burn out on them. Or yeah, they, I mean, they've they played the most games in Europe, haven't they? Yeah. Something ridiculous. But just on that, mate, I was going to say, is um, the one thing I think Ten Hag did is he, when they were like in full, you know, in all the all the competitions and everything, 
is he wasn't really rotating. He was playing like the same 12 or 13 players, probably because he doesn't trust the likes of Maguire and, and McTominay and whoever. So he's sticking with Bruno and Casemiro. And, and like, what has happened is they just, they look knackered now. Um, yeah. Which, you know, we I get it. They're professional footballers. They get paid a lot, but they're also human beings. And I think it just catches up with you a little bit. Long season. <clears throat> yeah, I wonder as well if um, teams have found them out as well. Um, yes. Tactically, they've, they've come in with a game plan and it was working well for X amount of weeks. And it's one of those things now where they've teams have cottoned on to how they go about it and they know how to play against and how to stop them, you know, how to stop Rashford and whoever, you know. So it's probably a mixture of, of the lot, to be fair, mate. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at, um, like, Man City, Pep's changed his tactics about three times over the season. And I think that's where the depth comes in. It's not always the depth which helps you in terms of fatigue and stuff like that. It's when plan A doesn't work, mm. you're able to bring someone on and have a plan B. And I think they struggle. Yeah. once they, If plan A doesn't work, then you're, then you're straight away into all the players who've, screwed over three or four managers over the last, you know, since Fergie's left. Like, it's the same players who failed all those managers. So, I think it's tricky. But do you think they'll make top four or do you think Liverpool will pinch it off them? No, I think I think it's pretty much a given now. I, I, yeah, I think it's going to be as you are, mate. I think as the top four now. Um, if anything, Potentially Newcastle. I know they are a couple of points ahead, but if anyone's got the ability, I think, to self implode because of the lack of experience of being up that way, could be them. But I still, you know, it would take a, a catastrophic so, uh, implosion. If basically, they can go two points, which means United would have to win three of their last four or five games mm. to be guaranteed. And their next two games are against Wolves. Well, next three is Wolves at home, Bournemouth away, and Chelsea at home. Now, they should beat Wolves and Bournemouth, really, especially the, the Wolves game at home. They don't seem to have a problem at home. No. And Chelsea is not Chelsea of you know the past 20 years. They have been laughable this season. Like, you know, even the teams down the bottom are looking at Chelsea as, you know, we can beat them because they're all over the place defensively, all over the place tactically. Um, Rob, there's a slight echo on your line where I'm speaking. Would you be able to go out and back in? Mate? Of course I can. Thank Me you, Teddy. Um, in the meantime, guys, if you've got any questions and stuff like that, anything you want us to talk about specifically, then, you know, get them in. Get, get the questions in and stuff like that and we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, a bit more free reign because obviously like Rod is, you know, we do talk about the championship but he's not as um, well versed in his knowledge of the championship as perhaps um, I am and, and, and you know, some of the viewers are but he, try, he tries his best and he? he tries his best but um, we're going to, we will stick with the Premier League for a second um, and then we'll move to the Champions League and then we'll talk about championship as well interesting uh, the champions league so 
Yeah, and I look at those. Look, I look at the the games. United have been almost like they've turned Old Trafford into the old school fortress that it was, you know, back in the day. Like they do, they haven't lost many games at all there. So you look at their home games: Wolves, Chelsea, and I think they've got another one as well. I forget who it's against, but um, like they should probably win or. You know, maybe even if they draw with Chelsea and win the other couple, I, I Liverpool, even though they're on a great run, I don't see them winning every game. Like they will, they'll slip up at some point. Like they have, they're not the same team that they've been over recent years. But they do have experience in recent years of being in a title race and playing the end of the season under a great deal of pressure. But I mean, I look at their games; they're playing. Then Liverpool's next three is Luton at. Leicester at Leicester, Villa at Liverpool, and then Southampton. So on paper, they all look, you know, they should win them easy. But you know what it's like, mate. These relegation teams who are in a battle to, like Southampton and Leicester, they have to win. They have to get something from these games to have any chance of staying up because they both look doomed at the moment. So they're not necessarily, you go into, you know, you go into Leicester, you go into Southampton. It's not as simple as, Oh, they're down the bottom. We should, you know, for easy three points. Like they're a bit, they throw up a bit of odd results, don't they? Yeah, is that any better, by the way? Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit better. Man. It's still there, but it's it's better than it was. Okay. Um. Oh, Chris, I hear it in as well. I'll try again in a second. Um. The yeah, that's the thing with the bottom three teams, isn't it? I think like especially Leicester. Now, because they still got a chance, I think, of staying up. Where Southampton are pretty much dead and buried. Um, well, this is it. Southampton have to win games, don't they, to have any chance of staying up? So if Liverpool go to Southampton, like they've got to find a way to get a win. So it's yeah, this is it. Like, and I look, I look at the the bottom four or five. I think Forest are going to stay up. I think Everton. I still think Everton are going to end up going down. Leeds, I've got a feeling Sam, big Sam Allardyce is going to just pull something out of the bag. And I, I've got it, I think it's going to be Southampton, Leicester, and Everton, which are going to go down, which is absolutely mental. Is that better? Yeah, that's much better. Is it? Yes. Okay, good. Sweet. So I was just saying, I'm looking <laughs> at the bottom five, right? And it's really close, but I think Forest are going to stay up. Because they just look like they're capable of winning games. I think I think Everton, even though they got a win, you know, a big win the other day, I think they're gonna go down. I think Leicester are gonna go down. And I just got a feeling Sam Allardyce is gonna just pick up a couple of wins for Leeds. And it's gonna be Southampton, Leicester, and Everton for me, which is mental, mate, when you think of all the teams in the Premier League this season, that the three are gonna go down at Everton, Leicester, and Southampton. Yeah, three of the biggest clubs in the league. Like, you know. Um, I think in my opinion, Ever- you know, they might not go down, but that's where I see it going. No. Isn't Everton the only one who's never been relegated? One of the few? I don't think they Yeah, they've never been relegated from the Premier League. Yeah. You know, like, the last time they were in the second tier was, what, like, before I was born, I reckon. If I oh, Christ, I, I think you're talking over 100 years ago. Someone like, I, I never remember Everton being in the second tier for as long as I've been following football, which is like... Yeah, some of the chat probably years, years. I think they are one of, like, three, 
four teams. Maybe that's never been in the second tier of the football of the football league, yeah. um, the football pyramid. Um, so that'd be bonkers. The size of them, but I think they've Owners been teetering on it for a while, haven't they? They've, you know, they've not been great for a very long time. They've been lingering around that area. Um, so maybe it's just a matter of time. Yeah, like I said last year, uh, last week actually, I think I might have been talking about Cardiff, but I used Everton as an example. Like, if you can, if you continually every season flirt with relegation and you know you you avoid it marginally or you get out on the last day of the season, like eventually you just it just catches up with you because the teams around you get better or you just haven't got the players or whatever. And Everton have escaped in the last few weeks, the last two seasons. So I just yeah. think. And you look at it like the turmoil off the pitch as well. Like the fans are pissed off. They're protesting the owners. Like it's not like a United. Like at least like you look at Leicester, you look at Leeds, you look at Forest. The fans are behind the team and they're trying to, you know, will them to stay up. Whereas Everton, it's almost like they've come to terms with the fact they're crap and they're focused on the owners. Southampton, I think, you know, they're six points behind Oh, very, they've got very, very, very well six points behind the team above them. They're actually eight points behind Everton, who are just outside the relegation zone. We took it all, we brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. Um, which is mental, mate, because there some of the players in the Southampton side are being linked with moves to the biggest clubs in the league in the summer, which is crazy. Like normally, when teams get relegated, you know the big the big earners and the big players they will go. But because it's a relegation team, they kind of move to like mid table, top ten maybe. But like you know, James Ward Prowse is being linked with United, Liverpool, um, Arsenal. You know all these different teams. Um, that Lavia, the young lad who used to play for Man City, Stick mm. City got a buyback clause on him. United have been linked with him. So it's quite mad that they you know they're relegated and they look doomed. But actually, their biggest players. Are going to move to the traditionally biggest clubs in the in the country, which is wild, really. Um, but there we go. Um, mm. What did you make of the Champions League semi-finals, mate, this week? Um, first of all, uh, City well, versus Madrid. When I won all, was the first one. Yeah, it was good. I think it was. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised, if I'm honest. I was expecting it to be a lot more cagier. A lot more hang fire, see how it goes, and go from there. But um, fair play, it was uh, it was a cracking game. To be fair, they they both had a go. Some naughty little tackles flying about. Madrid up to their usual uh, uh, antics of hitting the ground like a sack of shit when when a tackle ta- you know went towards them and stuff. But um, it was quite. I enjoyed it, mate. It was a good game. In fairness. Couple of good goals as well. Um, well, both well, both the goals were, I think, of good quality, weren't they? 
Yeah, I think Madrid, um, they played Kambinga at left back for a, mm. a large portion of the game, which I was a bit surprised by. Because obviously on paper, you look when they're signing Bellingham, they're going to have like this this young, dynamic midfield of like Bellingham, Kamvinga and um, and like Toishimi or um, uh, I forgot his name Valverde. Like they got mm. these four young, like really young lads who are just absolute quality. And I thought actually when Kamvinga went into the middle, he gave them more legs. Like when you got Modric and Kroos in there, you're lacking a bit of pace. Like you know, they're, look, they're so intelligent, quality, technical footballers. But they ain't got no legs. Like Modric no. is thirty-eight, you know, Cruz is probably like thirty-two or something. So like you got they got no legs. Whereas I feel like that might be the key for them because you've got to, with City, with City and even the way Madrid set up, they were quite happy for City to have the ball and they kind of set traps to try and pinch it off them and and squeeze them against the sidelines as City were knocking it about and. I thought it was quite clever from both sides because because you had Man City, they're knocking the ball around, they're trying to get Madrid to press them and then they can play through them and catch them out, all out of position. But then what Madrid were doing is they would sit and then when it went out to either one of the full-backs or the wide players, three of their players would press and cut off the passing lines and they would try and like squeeze them against the sideline and then pinch the ball back. <laughs> In the sort of uh, in and around the halfway line on the side yeah. and and get going, it was really really like tactically quite quite cl- interesting to watch. But yeah. um, I feel like if they if Madrid adopt those tactics again in the second leg, which I think would be quite clever, probably the best way to go. Because City are at home, you know they're going to be confident and looking for to you know to score goals and put the game to bed. If they go with that tactic again, which they should. They need to have the legs in there to do it. Like get Kemvinger in there, get Valverde in there, get either that uh, Chusemi or you know. You, I mean, you could have Cruz in there for a bit of experience or whatever. But I would have the young. I definitely have Kemvinger in the middle to pinch that ball off off the legs of you know your De Bruyne's and stuff. But yeah. it's, it's interesting. I still think. Leslie says that Man City are the great pretenders, Madrid are the masters, City think they've done the hard work. And that's the danger, isn't that's it? A, yeah, it's a good that's a really good point, actually. They like City do it did feel a bit like City felt like the Bernabeu leg was like, oh, we've done that, so we can just go beat them at home. It's not as simple as that. And like Madrid I'm, is so experienced at doing it. Even their young players are experienced at doing it. Like I mentioned, Kamvinga, he's won everything already at like age twenty. So like, yeah. he's got so much experience; they know what they're doing. And if City are even a little bit lax at the back, like John Stones, who's improved dramatically in the last couple of years, like this season, I've been very impressed with him. Never really been his biggest fan, mm. but the mm. John Stones has been very, very good this year. But he has got defensive he midfielder. Has, yeah, but he's got a mistake in him, mate, if he's a bit overconfident. Mm. And, like, the way I watched them all at the end of the game, and, you know, City are bound to be happier with the result than Madrid, of course, because they got a draw away from home. It's a good result. 
But if they think that it's just going to be, you know, we're at home and we're going to win because they're so used to winning at home, I think they could be in for a shock. I still think, when I look at it, I still think City might beat them this year, even though Madrid knocked them out last year comfortably. I just got a feeling this year City are too strong and they have got the experience now as well. Where do you see the leg going on, like the second leg? Do you think City get it or do you think um, Madrid will knock them out again? Oh, it's, that's, it's so tricky, mate. That is such a difficult one. Like, just want a quick mention on um, the Madrid centre-halves, how much of a good job they did on Haaland. Like, he, didn't, amazing, didn't he? he didn't get a sniff, did he, really? No. They uh, blocked off the lines that Haaland normally runs. They narrow, they were nice and narrow, so he literally had no space to run in, between, in, in behind, sorry. Like, like he normally does to really get success. Um, but I wouldn't even say that's the key to them winning and at the uh, at Man City like because you know how dangerous like De Bruyne, Grealish even is, you know. So I will go with though Madrid to win on penalties. Yeah, I I I think Madrid will win in normal time, but um, I gotta say, like I do think. It'll, I think it'll be one in midfield, not necessarily Haaland or you know Rodrigo or Vinicius Junior. Like Vinicius Junior, you just cannot give him. Oh, so like, good! You can't give him any space because he. I saw a cut. There was one point where like he was on the halfway line, and you think you know he's just going to recycle the ball like they do, and he just beat his man, and suddenly the whole midfield and half, like he was on the halfway line, but the team in front of him. But it was like he just opened up the whole pitch just by dropping his shoulder, um, and I just think, yeah, I I really do believe that Madrid. I think if Madrid play as well as they can play, they'll beat them in ninety minutes. However, if it becomes a bit of a tactical battle, which goes to extra time, I think City have got more off the bench that can do mm. something special. So say. For instance, Madrid start with your Camvingas and the younger midfield, and they've got, say, Modric is on the bench. Like, yes, he can come on and he can make a defence splitting pass or something special like that. But he's not going to beat a man and, and whip across in or beat a man and chuck it in the top corner because he hasn't got the pace to beat a man. Whereas you look at like City's bench and they've got Alvarez, Foden, um, like this like, never ending list of these players. But they're all at their like they're all at the peak of their games. They're all there's not many who are in that Man City side who are like aging and past their peak, or you're thinking, you know, this is their last season. Yeah. Like it's all like 27, 28, 29, or younger. And yeah, so I think if it's I think basically, like I said, if if it, if Madrid turn up in the 90 minutes, I think Madrid will win. And I think they might win. Not comfortably, but clearly. But I think if it goes to extra time and it starts becoming a bit of a tactical battle, that's when I think City can come into their own. And I almost think, from a City point of view, it almost goes against what they how they play and what they believe in. But I think, in some ways, for the first hour, they wouldn't be. It wouldn't be the worst idea to kind of just keep the ball 
and frustrate Madrid, tire them out, try and you know work for those gaps and the you know almost play the possession football they want, but don't throw loads of men forward just because you're at home. Because actually, I think they're good enough to catch Madrid on a break. But also, as the game goes on, like I say, the, the substitutes could make a difference. Here's a question for you. Mm. Um, uh, sorry, Man City go out semi-finals. All right, they win the league. Would you say Pep stays or goes? Uh, I actually think if they win the treble, that Pep will go. If they win the treble? If, if they win the treble, I think he will go. If he wins the Champions League... I think there's a chance he goes because I think that's like the one thing that he's like has evaded him in it. But you know, you don't think he'll go until he wins the Champions League, then? Yeah, but then here's the thing: I was having this conversation with someone the other day, right? Say Pep never wins the Champions League with Man City, he's not a failure. Like it doesn't mean he's a failure. Like as a like as the Man City manager, like I know that he was brought in to bring Champions League glory. But a man's won God knows how many titles. Man City have dominated domestic football, arguably the best team in in world football club side. So, like, I don't think you can call, say that he's a failed if he doesn't win the Champions League. However, you have to also look at the amount of money that he's been. Like, we were talking the other week about um, De Gea, who was obviously made a mistake again, against West Ham, which cost United. Yeah. Now, I would imagine Ten Hag would like to bin De Gea off in the summer, or at least bring in another keeper to work and put pressure on him. A keeper which fits the way he wants to play football. But because they've got to sign a striker and a midfielder and a defender and all these different other positions, which are probably a higher priority, he will, probably won't be able to bring a keeper in, at least unless the Qataris come in and they've got a load of money to spend. But then when Pep came in, Joe Hart was at his peak. He was rated really highly as one of the best goalkeepers in the world, or in Europe at least, certainly in the Premier League. But he couldn't play with his feet. And Pep was like, no, I don't want him. I want Claudio Bravo. Yeah. Claudio Bravo in. Claudio Bravo would played for one season, was shit, and he binned him off and bought someone else there and bought Emerson in. Like, no other club in the world is able to spend a shitload of money on a player and then bin them off after a year and bring someone else in for the same amount or more money. So you, I don't think that takes away from his achievements because you look at Chelsea. Chelsea have just brought in like 600 millions worth of pounds of talent in January and they can't get them to play together properly because there's... For your reasons you have to have you can't just bring the best players or you can't just sign a load of players and expect to just win you have to have a good leader yeah, and a manager, manager who's going to put them together he's going to train them and i also think pep has made players better like you look at Grealish, took him a bit of time he's better than he was a year ago you look at mm. john stones a couple of years ago like when i used to do shows with andy i used to mock him to the Cows come home. I thought he was embarrassment, and I couldn't believe that he was England's first choice. But now he's improved massively under Pep. And Nathan I think Kyle, Kyle Walker, Nathan Ake, um, De Bruyne obviously has kept improving year upon year. Like 
all these players, they have they're not just winning, they're they're improving under Pep and they're getting better under Pep. So I think he does deserve credit. In answer to your question, I think if he wins the treble, he'll go because there's he can't do he there's there's nothing more that he can do. He will have equaled Fergie's treble. He will have won the Champions League for Man City and dominated domestically for years. So there's nothing more that he can do. It's only going to go downwards, if that makes sense. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he, because he does tend to do a few years at a club. He's already done a bit longer at City, haven't he? So yeah, I think ultimately. Not but to I think, dwell on Pep. Sorry to interrupt yeah, you. Where, where, where's his next destination then? Uh, PSG. No, because Mourinho's going there by the looks of it. Um, is he? Yeah, it looks like I wouldn't be surprised to see him go to Italy, mate. Maybe, yeah, in that, Italy. oh, yes, yeah, Italy, yeah, maybe like uh, I, I would like him to go somewhere like where I would like to get him to go somewhere which is like a top club but hasn't just got an open checkbook. Like, I would like him to go and go somewhere like a I don't know who's like a big club, but short of money. Maybe like a Juventus or a, a Napoli. Like they at the moment probably have to buy, sell to buy. Yeah. Like I'd quite be interested to see that'd how be, he could see if nice I would love to see be. like Pep go to Juventus and see if he can get a tune out of Pogba where everybody else has failed. You know, just little things like that. Like I'd be interested how that might yeah. develop and stuff. Um, <laughs> Barack <what>, Les. <laughs> West Ham losing. Lefty, mate. Yeah, big clubs. Are Not in pot. Not hands. Um, West Ham are losing currently in the uh, Europa Conference League semi-final. Um, what knows it? Yeah. What do you think of the Milan derby, mate? Oh, I, I love when that went time, uh, mate. it went all wrong for AC Milan in that first twenty minutes, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, I, I, that's another one I really enjoyed. Again. Italian game, Milan derby. You know, you never, you don't really know what to expect, but you are expected to be cagey affair. Italian football is not the most um, uh, expansive, is it? It's normally um, like a game of chess, usually, isn't it? Um, you, were you surprised how bad AC Milan's central very, was? Very, um, so much so, mate. I. Granted, I'm talk. I I don't bet big. I put pennies. I put a bet on after uh, Inter Milan went two up for AC Milan to to go and win three two because I thought it can't get any frigging worse than this. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously, it was, it was a waste of about twenty pence. But um, um, I just want to say though, how good is Ed and Jacko still? By the way, like thirty seven yeah, years of age. And he swung that big tree trunk leg like a monster at that ball when I cross Yeah, it was a great, great finish. Like to control it as well. Like, and it was just a superb finish. Um, I thought he was excellent actually all game. Um, yeah, he was so good, mate. He's such a. He's. I think he was. I don't. Man City fans will probably say otherwise, but I think he's almost underappreciated um in the premiership i don't think yeah. people realize how good he is a bit like Giroud, if i'm honest um he, they're not flashy 
they're very much an old-fashioned number nine striker. But you know what's interesting, mate, is I actually think over the next few years, the old-fashioned number nine is going to be the most popular, mm. like a Haaland. I think all clubs are going to kind of try and copy that stencil, which is interesting because when Jacko was playing for Man City, that was almost like viewed as a problem, yeah. you know, that he was um, an old-school number nine. But um, I just want to say, I've had a few rants this year on pundits, um, like people like Gabby Agbonglaho and like Michael Owen. They're shocking. But I was really, 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 really disappointed with BT Sport last night. You had a Milan derby. And then, so BT Sport, right, their coverage of the National League is superb. Mm. They have people who've played in the league. They have good commentators. And then their Syria A, um, Syria A uh, coverage is superb. They have great commentators. They have great pundits. They have people, journalists and pundits who are knowledgeable about the league and the teams and the players. It's really, really great. Mm. So I'm sat down thinking, here we go now. They're going to have their, they're going to bring in at least a couple of their Syria A team who cover it week in, week out. But no, we had Steve McManaman and Darren Fletcher who had done the Madrid game the night before and Steve McManaman is shit mate well which I'm going to talk about in a minute but then it's like they want to bring in they bring in like these big names like Gerard like <coughs> Gerard's only ever played for Liverpool and England like mm. what the fuck is he going to tell me about AC Milan and Inter Milan and yeah. they don't know half the players and then the only players they do know is like they just go oh yeah uh, or oh, Tomori's English and yeah. Um, oh, Zeko used to form a Premier League player and make it and they just say it over and over again. It's embarrassing, mate. But there's no excuse from BT for that because they've got a team of people who they could have they could have brought in the commentators. That team they could have brought in one of the journalists. They could have brought in some of the pundits, the people who are knowledgeable about those teams and about how it, the way Italian football's played. And they could have told us the difference as a viewer. They could have explained like why this game was being played differently to the league games and, and all these different aspects to it. And it's like just because someone's a big name doesn't mean that they're the best pundit or the best for the job. Just like players are not always the best managers, Frank Lampard. Let's look at, you know, I just thought they could have been so much better. And I find it really disappointing that the... The coverage and the pundits over the Premier League over the last year and 18 months has been really poor in both Sky and BT. I feel like it's really dropped significantly. Yeah, I think, um, well, I didn't really listen to much of it last night. It was more so watching because I was uh, listening and watching you guys last night. Um, mm. But I had the, had the football on in the background. Um but so I didn't really pay attention to the commentary side of things. But I don't know, mate. It's yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the commentary, uh, not not necessarily the commentary as such, but the the pundits and these bloody panels. Uh, they're not like they used to be, are they? This uh, they're a million miles. I like Mika Richards, but I, I think there's a few good ones, mate. Like Mika Richards and Roy Keane and. I think Rio Ferdinand's pretty good on the whole. Mm. I didn't think he was particularly good last night, but on the whole, he's pretty good. Um, 
but they there's so many bad ones. Like I, I, I really feel like Steven Gerrard doesn't offer a lot. Um, but for this particular game, I you just felt like the Syria guys, haven't you? Yeah, at least like bring in one of the pundits and have the commentary team because do you know the the penalty which got overturned? Mm. The way Steve McManaman and Darren Fletcher was going on about it, you'd have thought it was like a stonewall penalty. It, yeah. it wasn't a penalty, and I yeah. because they because they had reacted initially and gone, oh, it's a penalty, definitely a penalty, definitely a penalty. They didn't want to like look stupid by going yeah. back on what they said, so they just doubled down on it, which made them look fucking ridiculous and even yeah. more <laughs> stupid because it wasn't a penalty. Um. So yeah, that was a problem. Um, just on the subject of people, I know I mentioned Frank Lampard just now. I wanted to ask, I wanted to to pull you up on something, mate. Okay. So last okay. week when we were talking about stuff, me and Rodri, you said in the comments, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is a fraud. Yes. So let me ask you this, right? Why doesn't Oli Gunnar Solskjaer get the credit that he deserves for finishing second and third? And get into a European final for Manchester United, but yet Conte um, came in at Spurs and didn't do a great deal of stuff with Chelsea. So Solskjaer did better than Conte. Uh, he did better than Mourinho at Spurs. Done better than um, Arteta in his first season. Did better than Lang- Frank Lampard, like in whatever job. Just pick a job. So. All these people who get protected and 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 kind of built up by fans and media and the rest of it. Yet Solskjaer has got a better record than them, achieved more than them. Other than he didn't quite get over the line to win a trophy, but that European final they lost on a penalty shootout where the keeper missed the penalty. Like he couldn't have done anything about it. So I ask you, like, what? Yes. Why is he? Why is he ridiculed? But the Frank Lampards of the world and Conte are built up as like they're the second coming of Sir Alex Ferguson or some shit. It's quite an easy one, that one, mate. Um, English. Oh, no, Frank what's Lampard that? Because Frank Lampard's English. No, no, no. It's not even that. Well, yeah, partially that. But Solskjaer is a fraud for me. This, obviously, maybe this, I've held on to this for too long, but. I see him as a fraud, mate, just as of how much of a shit show he was for Cardiff. Um, I will always have him in my eyes as a fraud, and I couldn't give a shit what, what he achieves anywhere else. Like, that state, that'll stay with me. So maybe I'm just being a little bitch, which probably is true, because I am. Um, but then, but- is an interesting thing, right? Because I, 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 I'm kind of the same in, to a certain degree. But like just in just looking at how things have panned out over the last year or so, I kind of have been thinking, you know, I maybe he deserves a bit more credit for the job he did at United. But so I'll put this to you. Obviously, he did a terrible job at Cardiff. But do you um did you see the show I did with Kev? I think it was Kev. Um it might have been with someone else, but I I, I apologize to Kev if it wasn't Kev who said it, it was someone else. Um but someone said to me that there was a point where Vincent Tan was telling Solskjaer who to play. Yeah. Or, or yeah. 
someone within, I remember us. Someone within the, the the club's hierarchy was telling um, Solskjaer he had to play. Certain, he was picking the team and and telling him he had to play certain players. Like, so the only thing I would say in that situation is what he should have done is been brave enough to say no. I'm the manager. I pick the side. If you want to pick the side, that's fine. But I'm going to go. That's what he should have done. He should have been brave. Now that's easy for me to say, years later and down the line. But that, I'd like to think that that's what I would have said in that situation, and I'd like to think that that's what a lot of people would have said in that situation. However, it's not as easy as that when someone's paying your wage and it's your first proper job, and so on and so on. So, like, where do you stand on that, mate? Like, do you think that adds to how bad a job he did, or does it give him a little bit of leeway because maybe no, I mean, his fault? No, look, I think you know when you're hired to do a, a job and somebody who's got no credentials whatsoever is telling you how to do said job, you know, it's obviously not. Uh, Ideal by any stretch of imagination. Look, I'm not a money fan, never have been, never will be, and I appreciate what he did with that United team at that time. Um, you could also argue he's got more out of those players, that group of players, than any other manager has got. Like, obviously, it remains to be seen with Ten Hag, but. Those same players failed Mourinho, Moyes. Yeah, because uh, he's yeah he's and that's what I think. Partly his downfall as well, though, mate, because he was trying to be one of the lads, one of the boys. Like he was, you know, he was. Because uh, I if, correct me. If yeah, I'm there wrong. was a point one there where he should have kind of put his foot down and. Yeah, he was just trying to be, just trying to be liked, mate. I think. Um, and I think that might well have been the case. <laughs> uh, excuse me, sorry. With his the Cardiff job, he was just trying to be a yes man, trying to be liked, trying to please people, and ultimately it it backfired. And I think that's what's it's, maybe I'm harsh calling him a fraud and and whatnot. But I think. I do get it, mate. I, I, I fully understand. I think he's it. just a little bit spineless, if I'm honest, mate. I just don't think he's got the cojones to be his own person. He can't stand up for himself and be a manager. Basically, he, he, you know, he, he doesn't. He can't say no to people. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I can. I can see that. That thinking and like. I just brought it up because I thought it'd be an interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah. I, especially because I look at old Frankie Lampard, mate, oh, and he's yeah. so overrated as a manager. Oh, and I just cannot, like, he's on this this run of like he's only just won his first game for Chelsea now in this second stint. And you look around Absolutely. the media, you'd think you'd think he was top of the league, mate. The way the media oh, treats him, like, there's no stories about about him. You know, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher are not interviewing him, like tag-teaming him like they did to, to Ten Hag and, and some of the other managers where they've, you know, they've well, Look at Nathan Jones, and... mate. Look at Nathan Jones as a Hampton. I know he didn't help himself with a, a few interviews he's done. But from but day one, mate. He was hand-drawn quartered. 
day one they were after him. Yeah. From the very first mate. day he was there. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, it bugs me, mate. It's the same with Maguire and, and a few others. Like they just don't they just leave him alone. But yeah, it's an interesting one. But um so you think top four will stay as it is. What about that relegation zone? Who's the who's going down from the Premier League for you? So I said Leicester, Southampton and Everton for me. I think Southampton. Down there as well. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm torn between heart and head. In my mm. head, sorry, in my heart, I would rather Southampton, Everton, Leeds. Okay, but reality is, I think you're probably right, mate, or potentially even Southampton Forest. And Leicester. It's interesting, Alice, because I think out of all the five, which is sort of down there, I think Forest are the ones which I can see. I don't know. I can see Forest it's winning tough, games. Mate. It's very tough. But I could also see Sam Allardyce, just because of who he is, just getting a couple of wins for Leeds, just important victories. And it only has to be a you know against a Leicester or a team around them. And then suddenly, you know, it's a different story, isn't it? Who's um, Leeds got last now? We've been over that. Sorry. No, no. I'll have a look. No, we'll have a look at the at the. Uh, Sorry, have a look at the results, uh, the fixtures. Right. We'll start with. Let's start with Leeds. So Leeds next three games: uh, home to Newcastle. You expect Newcastle to win that probably. Um, away to West Ham, which is a tricky place, as we saw United Ooh. struggled. Um, West Ham is a difficult place to go, and then they're at home to Tottenham. So, like, there's three incredibly tough it's games. There. But if they're going to stay up, they got to win their home games. So they've got two home games in there. Then you've got Leicester. Have got next three games: home to Liverpool, away to Newcastle, away to West Ham. So again, like, it's difficult to see where Leicester is going to get points from. So, Leicester and Leeds have got difficult fixtures. Then you've got Everton, who play, who play Man City on Saturday. Yeah. So, you know, that could be painful. Then they've got Wolves at Wolves and Bournemouth away. Wolves and Bournemouth got no, you know, nothing to, nothing to fear, nothing, nothing, not really playing for anything. Both playing good football. Bournemouth's in, you know, Bournemouth's in great form. But you'd argue that where Everton... Could should be able to you know if they're going to stay up, they should be able to get something at Wolves, and they should beat Bournemouth at home. So that's six points for Everton out of the three, arguably. So Leicester and Leeds, we're both seeing like how are they going to get any points? Everton, you know, on paper should be able to pick up at least one win, but the way they've been playing, you wouldn't be surprised if they didn't win any of them. Um, yeah. You've got Forest's next three games Chelsea away Arsenal away oh, and Jesus. Palace, at, Palace at home But just Jesus not, it's Christ. just not Chelsea are not Yeah but, but still Like the... Chelsea only Was safe from relegation last week mate. Yeah but, but we... yeah I, I do agree with you Still you know Chelsea At, at Chelsea you'd expect Chelsea to, to beat Forest So 
that brings you then to the next game, which is away to Arsenal, who at the moment, Arsenal mathematically can still win the league. Mm. That's going to be very difficult, but it Dear is home. God. The fans will be up for it. Um, it's a late night Saturday game. You know, it'll, it'll be a great atmosphere. Maybe Forrest can pull a draw out of the bag there. And then after that, they're away at Palace, which Palace is a, an awkward place to go as well. Yeah. So, With you know, boy. on paper, out of the five teams who were in our relegation battle, Leicester and Leeds have got the worst games. So it could stay as it is with Southampton, Leeds, Leicester as the bottom three. Mm. But Everton, much like Chelsea, are so unpredictable. Yeah. That those, like we just said, that, you know, on paper, they could win two of those games. But they're on, you know, on form, they could also lose all three. So it's very tricky, mate, to predict. Um, just very quickly, mate, before we move on to the championship. Yes. Who do you think is going to win the Champions League? Or who do you think is going to be in the final first? Uh, Milan, Madrid. AC Milan and Real Madrid. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting, uh, mate. Inter Milan, Madrid, yeah. I think Inter Milan, Madrid. Inter Milan, Madrid. Right. Um, and then... Who do you think is going to win that final? I don't know why, mate. I've got a sneaky suspicion. It's, it's going to be one of the Italian teams. Yeah, I've got a feeling. Maybe right, maybe AC might get through if they do some magic. i got a feeling one of the Italian clubs are going to win it. I, I don't know why. i just got that inkling. The only way I can see AC Milan getting through is if they can get Rafael... Uh, Liao fit and yeah, and I don't know if he's gonna be. Is he gonna be fit for the? the well, return? I think he was. I think he could have been on the bench last night, but they decided not to risk him if he couldn't start. So I'd imagine he'll play Saturday for him in the league. See how he goes. Just, yeah, if he gets through that sort of unscathed, then he should be back because he's a boy and a half. He is. He's a big boy as well. So he's very difficult to stop. He's so skillful, and when he's like in full flight, he's like. He, do you know what he reminds me of? He looks like he looks like Ryan Giggs dribbling, but he looks he's built like Didier Drogba, so it's mm. like it doesn't match up with your eyes. Um, he's in, looks incredible player though, and he's very very difficult to stop because he's got yeah, he's a good feet, talent, but he's physical physical boy. Um, the championship mate on Saturday, the the last day of the season was or Monday when the Thank was God. Um, was so. Uh, the playoff race was so fascinating, and I just want to say, Rodri, when you watch this back, it played out exactly like I said it was going to. <laughs> Coventry and Sunderland getting the final two places. Blackburn tried their best, got that last minute winner, but it was not enough. And then um, Sunderland in the playoffs, mate, straight up. Can they go straight up? Like. Wow. It's weird, isn't That's... it, right, mate? These are the playoff teams for the Premier League. Luton, Coventry, Sunderland and Middlesbrough. On paper, mate, Middlesbrough should win that playoff. They're the biggest side in that group. 
well, Sunderland, I suppose you could argue, is is bigger in terms of fans and 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 you know filling the ground every week. But I mean, in terms of history and stuff like that, I'd probably go with like Middlesbrough being a slightly bigger club. But I mean, certainly in recent history, Middlesbrough is the you know the the ones who've been there and done it. Yeah, Would and you... at the end of the day, the rest of the teams haven't got Leslie Coates as a fan, do they? Oh, this is the problem, isn't it? I uh, um, I I think Luton are going to do it personally, but just on paper, I look at that and I think, why are Middlesbrough Middlesbrough should be favourites? Michael Carrick doing a tremendous job. Isn't it mad though, right? What is it? It was last year when Luton made the playoffs. Yeah. I'm sure we all said, sort of, right? If Luton done doing now, well, I I definitely thought it. If Luton don't get over the line, they'll lose the players, etc., and things like that. And Nathan Jones went, didn't he? Yeah, they'll drop, not necessarily relegate, they'll go from top half to middle to you know, middle yeah, half. Difficult for them to maintain, certainly, I think, would have been <coughs> just because you know the size of the club and the players yeah. are going to want to go. Insane. I mean, yeah, I think they deserve a lot of credit, mate. And when I look at it, that experience, mate, over the last few years of being there and there around the playoffs, we'll hope, you know, you'd think that'll probably serve him pretty well now in the in the semi-finals. Yeah. I look at it, though, mate, and I think if you think of it from a psychological point of view, Sunderland got promoted. Did they get, did Sunderland go up in the playoffs from League One? Or did uh, they go off automatic? I want to say playoffs, mate. Yeah, I thought I, I think they did. Some of them might I be got, I might be wrong, but got a feeling they were playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so like Sunderland, psychologically, I don't think they'll fear anywhere because they're they're the form team in terms of well, them and Coventry have both got similar form. They've both won three of the last five and drawn the other two. But out of the four teams, Coventry and Sunderland are the ones who are kind of the four in form and have made that late run for the the playoff places. The form teams tend to do well in the semi-finals because they just want to run of games. Um, so what is this? It's Luton versus Coventry, in it, and Sunderland versus Middlesbrough. Is, it? is that right? Uh, yeah, I can't be honest. I'm. I'm... The first time in a while, I'm quite happy with teams that's in the playoffs. It's, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. The decent clubs like this. Um, I can't you know. take who I want to go up. No, I'm torn. If I'm honest, I probably I, I don't know, mate. I I got a bit of a soft spot for all of them in one way or another. Um, I do, do you think, though, just switching gears on that, Borough doesn't go up, Michael Carrick the Spurs? I don't, mate. I've got to be honest. No? Um, do you I think, think he stays he, for another season? If, if Borough don't go up? I think if they don't go up, I think he'll stay for another season. But, do you know what, mate? It's a risk. Because if soon as Middlesbrough have a bad spell next year, under him, if he stays, if they don't go up, say... And then he, they start off all right, but then around Christmas they have a wobble and he loses, you know, four on a bounce or something. He'll be gone. And then it's like, oh, why didn't I take the Spurs job or the, you know, or the Everton job or, or whatever yeah. he gets offered? 
it's, it's an interesting one. I don't think he'll take the Spurs job. Um, but going back to Solskjaer, mate, who were his coaches? Kieran McKenna, who's just won the League One with Ipswich with record points or over 100 points. And Michael Carrick, who's in the playoffs with Middlesbrough, completely turned them around from where they were when he came in. So, what's that telling? Well, Those at the time, ways though, mate, because at the time, people who were who liked to criticize Solskjaer was with threats to our nation waiting around every corner. Adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Came in him for having these coaches who were no good. Saying he should have brought in more experienced coaches and people to help him and, and the rest of it. So, you, you know, you cannot have it both ways. Like so, either. So Star was no good, but the coaches were good. I got you. Not really, because at the time <laughs> he was playing, saying he was. People were saying he was. You know, he should. He, why is he pick them coaches? So it's like it's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah, Kieran McKenna is renowned for being like so um, so analytical mm. and really clever with it, like how he goes about his business and analyzes every little detail. But he's also then good at. So I've been told, at least. But he's been he's good at then trying, um, like communicating with that analysis to the players in a way where they're not bored, just like staring at a screen. Mm. Like he's supposed to be really top notch at it, mate. But again, doing that as a coach is different to managing a team, isn't it? Because you're not yeah. doing if you're the manager of the team, you're not doing as much of the analysis and stuff like that because your coaches are doing it. So I think he's done a tremendous job, Kieran McKenna. And I think Michael Carrick, in my opinion, Michael Carrick's the championship manager of the year. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Vincent, I'm sure Vincent Company will get it. You know, and and you can't argue with that because you know Burnley have gone up. They've got over hundred points. Blah blah blah. Like I get it. All the things I just said about Kieran McKenna, you can say about Vincent Company. But for me, for Michael Carrick to come in where Middlesbrough were. Middlesbrough were on their knees. They were down the bottom of the league. They were struggling. They had no confidence. He came in, his first ever job in football, came in and went, I want these players, I want these coaches, and I want them in now. Got everything in quickly and then just hit the ground running, got them working, and they just gradually got better throughout the season. And even when they had a bit of a wobble towards the end of the season... He got him going again, got him grounded out results when it's mattered and got that playoff place. Um, one problem for Borough is they've got, I think, three or four lone players who may have, technically have to go back before the playoffs. I know they end, there's always this year, this time of year, and they're the playoff teams. They're like, oh, uh, your playoff players are supposed to go back at this date. And then they end up. You know, extending it or whatever, but well, they could go back before the playoffs. Yeah, I think a lot of the deals run out at like the last league game of the season. Oh, that's bloody stupid! It is stupid, isn't it? But because they're not going back for anything, are they? No, like, they can't play. 
Like, so say at Sunderland, you've got Diallo, who scored 12 goals this season, being exceptional. Looks like he's going to get a chance at United in pre-season. Um, like, imagine if he goes back, what's he going back for? To watch the FA Cup final? Because he can't play. So, yeah. Oh, Barry got alone, man. Um, I don't know, Leslie be better. Leslie, yeah. tell me who you call known back. Um, he said Ramsey's gone back to Villa because he's but he's injured. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting what they do. Um, on you mentioned, mate, you were glad the championship season's over. <clears throat> Cardiff might just about survived. I talked about over the last couple of weeks how I think Cardiff have really got to get it right now in the summer, they've got to make a decision in terms of who the manager is going to be, who they're going to bring in, what the budget is. Like, I read, sorry, Cabba's message to the fans. Giles. And um, that was a man who was saying goodbye, not see you next year. So, Cabba. Oh, yeah, but he's not coming back. Which is a shame, but we haven't got the money to get signed someone of his his quality, man. Really, really impressed me, he did. Um, yeah, so do you think they'll keep Lamucci? What's, what the hell's the alternative? Like in Solskjaer back again, is it? Um, Bellamy said he wants to stay with Burnley, and I'd imagine now they've gone up, he'd probably want to stay there even more. No, I, Unless he looks at people like Carrick and Kieran McKenna and these guys, these young guys, like and Vincent Company. Who are doing well, and he thinks, do you know what? I think I can do that, and Cardiff is the place to do it. But I just don't see it at the moment. Yeah, I no. think until I think when he might come, might come to Cardiff is when Vincent Company goes for the man. If Pep leaves over the next couple of years, and Vincent Company goes to Man City, then I could see potentially. Bellamy being open, more open to the card of job, but then he's got links to Man City as well, haven't he? So yeah, you know, I, yeah. no, no. I, he I, seems I, happy I, to be a coach rather than a manager to me. Yeah, I think so, mate. Um, I mean, going back to the original point, what about Tony Pulis or someone like that for Cardiff job? No, bullshit! No, no, no. Mick no. McCarthy, mate, getting back in. Big Dick Mick. Um, who else could we get in? Nathan Sam Jones. Allardyce at the end of the season. Huh. We wanted Nathan Jones, didn't we? Oh, mate, no. I would take I would take Nathan Jones in the championship, and I would take who I, I I've been saying since Solskjaer came in, who Cardiff should have got when Solskjaer came in was Bielsa. That's who we should have got. No. Should have given him a long term deal and just said, "Do your thing." No, no, no. I, I, I'm not a Bielsa fan, mate. I, I'm no, not. I mean, he's quality. I like that he thinks outside the box. I do, but oh. it's not going to happen now. He's he's gone beyond us now in terms of his reputation. Um, yeah, there, there there isn't really anyone who sort of stands out to me, um, unless you sort of look down. Uh, maybe like League One. Is there any managers down there, like young managers, who maybe you'd like to take a punt on? Like years ago. I would say get Keo McKenna in, but realistically, why would he want to leave Ipswich for Cardiff? Seriously, yeah, he's just been promoted with Ipswich to the Championship, so he's going in the same league like years ago. You know, if we were pushing, if say we'd finished third or something, 
like you could say, yeah, come to us and push us to the Premier League. That would be a good thing. But like, you got nothing to offer him. Um, yeah. Let's have a look. League One. Who's the manager of Plymouth? Does anyone know? Uh, Schumacher. What about manager Sheffield Wednesday? Oh, Jesus Christ. Now you test my knowledge, but... Um, uh, it's um, the, oh, it's that black guy. I've forgotten his name. Um, Darren, is it? Darren, 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 Darren. Darren Moore. Moore is it? Darren Moore. Is he? Yeah, I think I so. Maybe. I might be wrong, though, mate. I might be wrong. My knowledge um, is not great. No, I'm not very good on League One, mate, if I'm honest. I'm not too sure the gaffers. It's gonna bug me that is though. I need to find out who the Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, what's is. John Sheridan? Yeah, Darren Moore. It is Darren Moore. Um, yeah, John Sheridan. He'd be a good shout. Come on. He hasn't had a job for a while, though, have he? Nah, come on, John. He's come on, Johnny Boy. Work. There's no way he's out of work with his agent. Um, oh, what mate. about what about Darren Ferguson, mate, from Peterborough? Would you no. take him? No. Too much of a yo-yo manager, isn't he? he goes yeah, mate. You know for a fact you back at Peterborough in six months. Yeah, and plus if he did stay at Cardiff for a couple of years, we'd just go up and then down and then up and then down and then up and then down and then it's just what he does. Um, oh, just on League One before I forget. Sorry. Bolton in the playoffs, mate. Come on. Who's, who's Bolton's gaffer? I'll tell you in a minute. Ha! While you're looking now, Ed, have you seen that Luke Jeffcott has been released by Plymouth? The, um, the young boy, the Welsh lad. Yeah. Cardiff should take a punt on him, mate. I think so, mate. Be a good, I, um... good young replacement for Connor Wickham. Yeah, he's only he's only new, uh, what 23, 24, I think the boy is. What's what's the worst that happens, mate? It doesn't work yeah. out. And we on a short term contract, six or months or something. He's bloody better than Mark Harris for fuck's sake. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. can't be can't get any worse than, than what we got there. Ian Ian Evitt. Everett is uh, Ian Everett is the Bolton manager. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with Jeff got my my thing is um, there's clearly something there. Sign yeah. him on a free. Worst case scenario is in pre-season and the first couple of games of the season he's shit, and then you send him on loan to Newport or wherever. Or they Wrexham. Have to, yeah. to play a full season. Wrexham loan would be perfect, mate, for someone a young player like. Do you know what, mate, right? If Ruben Corwell's not good enough to play in the Championship or not good enough to play for Cardiff at the moment, I would send him to Wrexham for a year. Yeah. And I think that would be ideal for everyone. Because if he goes to Wrexham and has an awesome season, shows what he can do, one, his value will skyrocket because of the coverage they get. Two, helps Wrexham because he's a quality player with a load of potential. And three... He can come back to Cardiff full of confidence, having played a full season week in, week out. There you go. That's what you and should do. And we'll both be in League One with each other as well the following yeah. year. Ruben Corwell, mate. That's what I would do. That would be my plan for him. Yeah, I think it helped Someone with tell his me I'm physical. Wrong. It helped with his physical ability, I think, yeah. playing I just, in League Two. just keeping him, mate, if, we're not gonna, if he's just going to be on the bench playing five minutes every two weeks. Pointless. He's not gonna. He's not gonna realize his potential playing five minutes here and there. It's just not. It's pointless. He needs to play week in, week out. So, 
send him to Wrexham on loan. That's what I say. Um, right, mate. To finish off the the, the old uh, show. Sorry, I just picked up my phone to do the super six, and I got about sixty five billion messages. Um, right, super six predictions, mate. It's as is tradition. So um, let's have a look at the games this week. We have got, first and foremost, Manchester United at home to Wolverhampton Wanderers. I have gone for 2-0 to Manchester United because they've done quite well at Old Trafford this year. Yeah, I won't, I won't pick the same as you then. I will go 3-0 United. 3-0. Uh, Aston Villa home to Spurs. Woof. I've gone 1-0 Villa. Go on the Villa. They've just lost two on the bounce for the first time. And uh, the new manager or the Emery, I will go. Great job he's doing. One all, one all. Chelsea at home to Forest. I've gone with one one because the form tells you that both teams are shit. Two nil Chelsea. Southampton at home to Fulham. I've gone two one to Fulham. 1-0 Southampton. Ooh. So Southampton's form is they've lost four of the last five. Yeah. Fulham, Fulham's form is they've won two of the last five. But there we go. Everton versus at home to uh, Man City. 3-1. Oh. I've gone to City. Uh, could, be, could be a cricket score, mate, couldn't it? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think. 3-0. Any chance Everton can pull something out of the bag there, mate? Get like a 1-0 win? I want to say yes. I tell you what, mate. If Everton could pull, could pull a win off of that in that game, that blows the title race wide open. If if, if Arsenal keep winning. If Daichi does his magic. Um, next is Arsenal versus Brighton. And ironically, I've got Brighton winning 2-1. <laughs> Although I'm... I'm not as confident about that as I was two weeks ago because they were absolutely abysmal against Everton the other day. They, I think they had a bit. Of, I think they got a bit excited after they won against United on the Thursday, and um, I think they might have had a few too many shandies because uh, they were absolutely dreadful. But uh, yeah, I've gone two-one Brighton. Deserve uh, back on it. Two-one Arsenal. 2-1 Arsenal. And there we go. That's our Super 6 predictions for this week, mate. Um, Robert, I really, really appreciate you uh, you filling in for Rodders, mate. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. Absolutely. Never a chore. How many cans did you demolish during this, this hour and a bit? Maybe three. Oh, that's pretty good going. Well done. Yeah. School night. School night indeed. Um, so, when's the championship playoffs? Are they on the weekend? Are they uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's or is it on Sunday? I want to say Saturday is Sunderland Luton um, and Middlesbrough Coventry. I assume is on the Sunday then, is it? Must be so. Yes, and Saturday, Sunday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday. Oof, mm. It's going to be blinding. Who do you think? So tell me, go on, we'll do little predictions for those. Okay. Uh, so the Sunday game is Coventry at home to Middlesbrough. What's the score going to be? 1-0. 1-0. Uh, 
one all and then saturday is luton versus sunderland at sunderland who you got sunderland two one sunderland good shot mate i think that's fair a fair shout but right nice one mate appreciate you you take care you have a good little uh a good little hello hello what is going on with this shitty thing what the fuck happened then i don't know what's going on it's, we're still on as well it's just like, <laughs> it's just playing and ending and playing and Podcast Network.